0: Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My name is Charlie Gross. I am the Associate Executive Presbyter for the Presbytery of Donegal. I'm hosting this podcast series titled Missional Church Conversations, Making It Real. The basis of this conversation will be a series of interviews with a wide variety of leaders in the field of the missional church. These leaders will come in the form of professors, pastors, elders, deacons, and sisters and brothers in Christ who are experimenting with new ways of being the church in the world today. My hope is that these conversations will inspire you, challenge you, inform you, change you, and push you into the world with boldness and confidence to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. My guests today are the Reverend Ray Jones and the Reverend David Lolang. Ray is the coordinator for evangelism for the Presbyterian Church USA. He has served the church as a pastor for 25 years, He has a heart for helping people grow in the love of God in Jesus Christ. This growth always includes words and deeds. He is married and has two grown daughters. He has experienced training and education at Furman University, Columbia Theological Seminary, the church, and through living in the world. David is the associate for evangelism. He is a graduate of Fuller Theological Seminary and has over 20 years of ministry experience in Presbyterian churches, most recently as a pastor in a large Presbyterian church in Southern California for nearly nine years. He became a Christ follower while attending UC Davis through the Ministry of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship and spent many years ministering and reaching out to students and families. He was called to be the Associate for Evangelism for the Presbyterian Church USA General Assembly Mission Council in January of 2010. David has spoken at camps, conferences, presbyteries, and churches nationally about evangelism and culture. Ray and David, thank you both for your ministries and for engaging in this conversation today.
1: Great to be with you. Thank you, Charlie, for inviting us. Oh, super.
0: Well, friends, my hope for our short time today Together is to hear about your work at the National Evangelism Office and how this work intersects with the needs of our churches and the needs of the culture. So getting right into this, how can your office help local churches engage their missional destiny?
2: Charlie, one of the things we're um, realizing is that evangelism really doesn't work well at all outside the context of discipleship or disciple making and our hope is that um, we can help churches help their people do two things. One, to um, first claim or even reclaim their own story of transformation in Jesus Christ because we believe that every person has a story and um, that Jesus has made a difference in each one of our lives and and we hope to help people um, uncover those stories and not only uncover them and claim them, but to then be able to share them the way that that person is authentically wired to share his or her own faith. And the other thing that we see is important is then to, to help people in churches to um, engage their community, to serve their communities. Um, I think it was last fall I, I heard a – an interesting um, talk by Tim Keller, who's the pastor of Redeemer Church in New York City. And he said that um, he felt like that the more evangelical churches um, in the US, um, the churches that emphasize that personal faith, and the more um, social justice-oriented churches in America now need one another more than, than we ever have. And, and I thought what he said was very interesting. It really made me think, and it fits with what we're trying to do. He said, the churches that have really um, centered on personal faith um, are realizing that they also have to engage their communities, that social justice is a critical part of the gospel. And, and he says that um, the churches that have been emphasizing personal faith now need the, the mainline church, those churches that have been emphasizing the, the the social gospel or social justice. And then he said that the, the mainline churches are churches that have basically been, been engaging in social justice or emphasizing the social gospel need the more evangelical churches because um, they need help with the whole notion of of what it means to have a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus. And so that's what we're hoping to do through our office, is to help churches see that evangelism is deeply connected to discipleship. And discipleship is all about growing in our faith, growing in this personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus, and also serving our community. So what we hope is that people will serve their communities, and also find their own unique words to tell people about why they're serving their communities and making their communities better. And um, we believe that it all begins with renewal.
1: And I think, uh, Charlie, to uh, add to that, I think uh, Ray explained that uh, very well. Um, I think uh, in some senses we've lost our first love, Hmm. that we really need to, um, again, focus on Jesus Christ and on our relationship with Christ in some ways. I think it's kind of like an a experience that I had uh, a number of years ago. I collect C.S. Lewis and the Inklings. Um, I've read everything that Lewis uh, has written. And um, I collect first editions and uh, things signed by him and <clears throat> letters that he's written and um, a, a number of other things. And because Lewis was very influential in my uh, coming to faith, and so a few years ago, I was at a C.S. Lewis uh, Society meeting in Pasadena, and um, a gentleman was sharing about his um, experiences and and um, uh, knowledge about C.S. Lewis and some of Lewis's writing and theology. And afterwards, I spoke with him, and I told him, you know, because I uh, was trying to boast, I think a little bit. I told him about some of my C.S. Lewis collection and the books that I collected and um, autographed uh, books and letters. And um, uh, and then uh, he said something that struck me. He said, um, well, you know, that's really nice, but I knew C.S. Lewis. He was a friend of mine. And it <laughs> set me back. And what I realize about the church is that a lot of times we can know a lot about God, a lot about um, the uh, Jesus Christ even or the Bible, but a lot of times we don't actually know God or have a relationship with God. I think so evangelism really starts there. Uh, with a relationship, a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and also, um, some, the other thing that the church, I think, um, needs to focus on is the understanding that evangelism isn't a scary word. It really just means um, um, being bearers of good news, uh, a good news bearers. And so what does that mean? How does that affect all of life? Because a lot of times I think we think of evangelism as a life event instead of something that leads to a lifestyle of following Jesus, which also includes um, not just the great commandment, but the great commission, uh, which is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and also to love our neighbor. And I like how Reggie McNeil puts it. He said, loving God and loving our neighbor cannot be fulfilled in the church. We have to be focused outward in our community, in our relationships with others. Mm. Wow, excellent, excellent.
0: i you guys are wise and um full of of you know wisdom how do we what mechanisms are you using to you know bring this awareness about you know serving communities you know bringing the social justice and the personal salvation the you know the stories together and 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 how are you trying to resource the church to share? you know to be bearers of good news in this changing culture um you know what leverage or how do you how do you go about your work and and what should we know about that because it's what you're saying is is i think right on and how do we how do we leverage that how do we get the word out and you know get people outwardly focused loving god and neighbor and um and embracing you know getting to know making making the the knowledge of Jesus as a lifestyle real in their own context
2: that's a that's a great question, Charlie. um We were actually talking about that this morning. Um, we actually have these conversations on a regular basis, but one of the things we've been working on is a is a resource that um we we hope to have developed this fall, and it would be for um sessions to use. And the resource is called Engage. And it's all about helping churches engage the gospel, which includes um, a person's own story of transformation, but also includes getting a sense of what it means that God is on a mission, that our scripture is about God on a mission, restoring, rescuing, and reconciling. So so we start there with, with... the story that we have in Jesus, but then also God's story in scripture. And another part of that is beginning to connect with our culture, and Dave can speak more to that in just a minute, but we feel like it's very important for our churches to understand that our culture has changed and um, we have to go about um, witnessing or doing evangelism differently, and um, and that's a, a critical piece of it. So we start with engaging the gospel, then we move into engaging discipleship. What does it look like to begin to grow up people who um, are growing as disciples? So we we spend some time looking at um, what does it look like to have personal time in Scripture and corporate time in Scripture? What does it look like to have a personal prayer life um, and also a corporate prayer life where As a church, we're we're praying um, for people in our community. We're we're praying for different circumstances in our community. And then also, what does it look like to to have accountability through um, small group life um, or through some sort of um, mentoring um, partnership? One of the things we're beginning to realize is that um, we've got got to walk with people in the faith more. And um, there are people who who are... Further along the journey than we are, and we really need to spend time with them. And then there are people who are not as far along on the journey, and we also need to spend time with them. So what would it look like in the church to, to have people connected with one another and learning from one another? Um, and Another part of it is looking at worship and then looking at different spiritual disciplines and how what we do inside the church is all about sending us into the community, that that all this fellowship and all this nurture is about what God's doing to um, build us up and, and to make us more like Jesus Christ so that we're sent into the community um, to bear witness and to serve and to share our faith with other people. And then another part of this um, resource is learning how to engage the community. Um, what What is it You know, what's God already doing in a local church's community that the church can join God in doing? And um, so we look at helping churches do that by walking their communities, um, beginning to talk with people in their communities. We've got four major questions. We we invite people to ask people in their community. One is, um, what do you believe God's already doing in your community? What's the greatest need in your community? How could a church help you meet that need. And then we always kind of close with, well, what could we pray with you about? And then the last part of this resource is to then begin to help churches um, engage the shifts that will have to happen in a local church as a local church moves from more of a membership model to more of a disciple-making model. So that resource will be available um, this fall and we'll Want to go into presbyteries and help presbyteries um, help their churches use this resource. Maybe you talk more about the culture piece of it.
1: Sure. I think um, the other thing we do uh, as well as uh, preparing this uh, new resource for the denomination is we go and talk to presbyteries and speak at conferences and try and train uh, leaders and uh, to be able to go back to their churches and to their presbyteries and kind of share. Um, evangelism and uh, outreach and church growth with others and um, one of the things, the pieces that I think people find interesting is that uh, a piece about what uh, we're calling uh, engaging the new normal, you know that's a term that's being used in the economy that things are never going to be the way they are there's a new normal happening um, in the world and so that's true also for the church, there's a new normal it's never going to be like it was in the 1950s 60s, 70s, or 80s, um, or even in the 90s, that uh, the world has changed and the church needs to respond. One of the famous uh, um, images that's used a lot is a bridge in Honduras that's standing on dry land and the river has moved off to the right side. And that's kind of a picture of a culture in the church, that the church is here as a bridge um, trying to connect people, trying to engage the culture, but the culture has actually moved away. Um, in another direction, and the bridge, in a sense, has um, become irrelevant in some ways. Has, um, and so what needs to happen is we need to engage a different culture, a new culture. And to just be succinct, you've probably had other people on that have talked about that um, in depth more. I think the culture that we're engaging is um, uh, more and more becoming a post-Christian, post-modern, and an image-based culture. Uh, let me just kind of talk about the post-modern piece, because we all know that the church has lost a lot of influence um, in the in the last uh, few decades. Not only uh, the Presbyterian Church, but the church in general. Um, uh, people have actually a, a, a negative view of church, as chronicled by um, David uh, Kinneman in the book uh, UnChristian, that people can read. Um, but really, when we're talking about postmodernism, there's a couple, uh, uh, a few pieces that need to be talked about. One is that the uh, postmodernism really there's a lot of folks like myself. Um, I consider myself a postmodern who kind of grew up disillusioned with um, not just religion but government and economics and science. Things kind of let us down. We're also a generation that has been overly um, sold to, to, too much advertising. So we look at people, institutions, and um, things that are being pushed um, with some sort of uh, cynicism. And um, so there's a lot of Um, cynicism and um, um, uh, disillusionment happening in the culture. There's also a lot of pluralism. Um, And the example that I use is uh, kind of like when I was a junior high student, and I remember when when, uh, they first came out with the um, self-serve soda machines. Do you remember that, Charlie? Mm -hmm. And you could get whatever soda you wanted, whether it was a Coke or a Pepsi or a Sprite or an orange crush or a mountain dew, root, what, beer. root beer, whatever it was. And what we did as kids is we would mix all of them up and we'd, uh, and we'd make what we call the kamikaze and we'd drink it and it'd be pretty gross but it was pretty cool to mix it all up. And so with pluralism now it's kind of like that. People are mixing Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, spiritualism, New Age um, and they're creating kind of their own religious cocktail, religious drink and it's really not satisfying. It's not uh, the real thing. And so there's a lot of pluralism out there, and there's a lot of relativism. You know, what's good uh, for you is not necessarily good for me. What's true for you is not really true for me or my community. So the church has to also uh, be aware that, um, that there's that out there as well in the postmodern world. And the last thing that um, we talk about is that the uh, world has moved to more image-based culture, and what's that? What that's done is it's um, that's we've seen a movement from the modern view to the postmodern view because of that. It's it's gone from a print-based uh, culture to image-based culture. And I think Shane Hips does a good job uh, talking about that in his book, uh, Flickering Pixels. And he talks about how the, actually the culture is moving to a more Eastern and postmodern, um, and even a medieval kind of uh, world worldview and perspective. So we talk a lot about how the church is different and how um uh the culture is just running by us and how we need to engage the culture and understand the culture and see how we can be um uh, where we can be relevant to the culture without losing our values, without um uh without compromising. So that's one of the pieces that we talk about, Charlie, as well. Mm. Wow, you know your your enthusiasm and energy just you know, comes
0: out in big in a big way in this uh, in this conversation, and I'm also hearing engage and used um, probably a dozen times in terms of engaging the gospel, engaging in disciple making, engaging the community, and engaging in the shift. You know, in the new normal, I'm excited about the um, this resource that's about ready to hit the streets, and um, you know, whatever I could do to help. Uh, you know promote it to sessions or whatever I, I guess i'm i'm partly curious about how how are we using the new technology in terms of uh you know video clips facebook twitter buzz um you know podcasts and all that in order you know to to get the word out about this resource and this this engaging and this engagement that um Sounds like we don't have an engagement party. Actually, yeah, hey, that's a good
2: idea, engagement
0: party.
1: Yeah,
2: right here at 100 Witherspoon.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that we're doing, uh, Charlie, we're actually developing it now, and um, we'll be filming. Is we're um, going to develop, and hopefully it'll be done uh, by the beginning of next year. We're pushing it a little bit uh, further so that um, we can get it can be an excellent resource. Um, is we're developing a online uh, resource um, that trains leaders and pastors and actually whole uh, sessions and even congregations because what we're finding is that we can get to um, a few hundred pastors and leaders in a year. We can visit um, you know, uh, maybe uh, 20 or 30 presbyteries, um, and we can have uh, conferences that have a few hundred people as well, but for the most part, we're not reaching the thousands of other pastors, uh, leaders and um, congregation uh, members that we need to. And so we're trying to develop this online resource that really uses short form videos because what we have found out um, uh, in terms of research is that we have a low attention span. Um, and so we're keeping all the uh, video clips to four, uh, between three and five minutes, uh, no more than five minutes, and they're going to be divided up into the sections that Ray talked about. And it's going to be interactive uh, so people can interact with us um, both live and also um, uh, interact with us and ask us questions that we can answer the following day or the following couple days. Um, They can also interact with each other in terms of a group. And in those uh, uh, video training sessions, um, they'll be able to receive uh, the information that we're sharing now and they can also do that as a whole group in their session. Um, and they can also do that, you know, as a church if they wanted to start helping people to engage um, their communities and engage uh, the culture and engage their story and engage the meta narrative or the story of God, the larger story of God and of um, Jesus Christ. And so um, hopefully that's going to be a very helpful tool that can reach thousands. It could be a, actually a game changer for us because instead of just reaching a few hundred folks, we can reach thousands of people. And instead of just presbyteries or churches sending one person to a conference and then going back to their churches and nobody else is excited, a whole team of people can be excited about what, how God can use them um, in the life of their community and in changing the world
2: yeah And another thing that we're doing, and um, it should be um, ready, well actually right now we're we're working on it, is we have developed a a, a new website, and it's um, called um, who do you say that i am dot net And this website is designed to put um, Christians and um, non-Christians together in a conversation but it's in a conversation which will be around um, several art forms. Um, one is um, video clips. If you've got a video clip that you'd want to share that expresses who God is and um, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, then we can post that. If you've got some artwork that expresses who God is in Jesus Christ, and that can be posted. Um, and then we're also going to post some... Um, essays or just some journals that people can respond to about, you know, who is Jesus. So we're excited about that because that I think that will do two things. One, it will help um people outside the church have conversation with people inside the church. And and the way we're working it, and we're still gonna work this out, all the details out, is so that it will be a safe conversation so that as people are talking Uh, They won't be berated or or they won't be told they're wrong or or whatever, but we can have a good conversation. The other piece is we want to be able to connect people with um, flesh and blood ministry. So if the person who's not in the church is interested in serving and there's a church in their community that has a particular um, serving project or serving ministry going on, then our hope is that we could connect that person outside the church with a church that is serving so that as he or she serves with that church, um, he or she can experience Christian community and can also experience Christians who will talk about their faith and why Jesus Christ is um, essential to their lives. Um, so so that's something that's going to be coming out this fall, too, and Again, it's, it's um, who do you say that I am? And we're going to be dealing with um, who is Jesus and, and why is he essential to life.
1: Mm-hmm. So there are some ways that we're using technology to um, kind of uh, help train people and um, uh, train leaders in the church to engage in evangelism. Mm-hmm. And also uh, be an a, a actual way to, to reach um, unchurch folks and de church folks. Wow, this
0: is this is all outstanding. You you guys are busy, and I'm not going to hold you up much longer, so you can get back to um, producing these resources for us. Uh, <laughs> is,
1: is, is, is,
0: are there any other? Um, I mean, this this is like cutting edge. If you're talking online resourcing and interactive and image-based video clips, that's that's outstanding. Are there are there any other either uh, websites, workshops, courses, books? Things that are are that the um, the listeners ought to uh,
1: pay attention to. You know, they uh, we have actually we'll put a list up of uh, resources that they can access on um, uh, wwwpcusaorg evangelism, and they can uh, access some resources. I wanted to mention um, a book that kind of uh, affected me. It's uh, Reggie McNeil's book, uh, The Missional Renaissance, and. Um, um, just as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the state of the church. And for me, you know, a, a little while ago I was diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes. And um, how I came to that was I'm getting older, one, and I uh, eat a lot of bad food and I don't exercise enough. And I was thinking about that as a picture for the church, that in a sense the church has type 2 diabetes. The church um, has been eating bad food, just um, providing... Uh, religious goods and services, um, catering to consumerism in the church, um, being uh, solely attractional, and um, and in a sense as well, we haven't haven't been able to um, exercise. Uh, We've been so inwardly focused, and we haven't been going out to our communities um, and to the people around us and to people that we interact with enough uh, with the gospel. And so as I was thinking about that, I think... um, uh, some of the things that came to mind in terms of what churches can um, be focusing on or practicing, and I'm uh, I'm adapting some of uh, Reggie McNeil's thoughts here, but I think the first thing is that the church needs to move from an inward focus to an outward focus. Um, they need to move from a program focus to people development focus. Uh, third, move from an institutional perspective to a spiritual sensitivity. And then fourth, from uh, being consumers of religious goods and services to being um, blessers of others. I think that's one practical step that churches or even anybody who's listening to this, congregation members, um, um, uh, the regular person can do uh, today, even even as, as they're thinking about what can we do to engage um, the culture and engage people, is to think about how can I be a blessing to another person today? How can I... Um, like for example, go into Starbucks and um, get to know the people, and at some point say, "Well, can I pray for you for something?" You know, or mm-hmm. um, um, "Are you doing okay?" Can I pray for you? And I think what I found is that people don't turn down prayer, mm-hmm. you know, wherever they're at. Um, you know, even if they're being polite, and that's an opening to begin a relationship and to begin a dialogue about um, what we believe in, about our faith, about um, what we believe. Uh, God is about and what God is doing. And it also connects us to what God is doing in the community, in in the lives of people.
2: And and a couple other things, um, Charlie. There's a... James Chong um, has a book, and this is on our website also, called True Story. And he does, I think, a very compelling job of describing the mission of God through Scripture and helping people to be able to then share the story of Scripture with a friend or colleague. And um, he has two short videos, one called Big Story One, another one Big Story Two, which really walk through a very reformed way of understanding Scripture and how to share the story of faith with our friends and colleagues outside the church. So I think that's just a valuable resource for people who aren't used to talking about Scripture and talking about their own story with another person. And then there's a, there's a series that I think is excellent. The author is um, James Brian Smith, and he's written three books. The first is The Good and Beautiful God, and, um, and that one's all about falling in love with the God that Jesus knew. And the second one is The Good and Beautiful Life, and it's all about what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ in the world. And then the third one is the good and beautiful community. And it's all about what does it mean to be the body of Christ in the world and, and how can we truly, truly um, engage our communities with people whose lives are being transformed so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God can transform communities and then transform whole cities and um transform countries and um transform a world and that's what we're humbled to be a part of and also um excited and delighted to be a part of and um and so just you know keep us in your prayers because um, it's it's a wonderful task, but it's also a very daunting
1: yeah. task yeah that's ahead, you know and yeah. if we could um If I could just leave with a scripture that I was thinking about today that we use often is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Um, And really the meaning of that, and that's what we kind of want to encourage people. Evangelism isn't just about giving uh, people a ticket to heaven. It's about um, God transforming people, um, being saved in and through Jesus Christ, but then being transformed uh, to be an agent of God, to be on a mission uh, with God in the world. And so what Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 really tells us is that we're not um, saved by works, we're saved by grace through faith, but we're saved for good works, we're saved for the mission that God has called us Mm. to. Amen. Mm, mm.
0: Well, friends, thank you for your kingdom-building work, your outstanding ministry, and your time uh, on this conference call today. That's your your passion and love for Jesus Christ and for God's people is evident. So thank you for your excellent work and for your um, resourcing us and for your you know prompting or pushing us uh, to engage uh, the community, the, the the world that God loves, and um, and your encouragement to be a blessing a blessing to others and a blessing to other people. So may God richly bless you and yours, and um,
1: and we'll say goodbye. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie. And we appreciate you and all that you're doing. We keep hearing about all the stuff you're doing, and we'll be praying for your ministry and uh, for your presbytery as we pray together for our church. Amen. Mm. Amen.